This week two edition of the Water Cooler Checkdown podcast is brought to you by The Extended Cut, a website that gives collegiate and aspiring writers great opportunities to have their articles seen by many. In the following week, we've had some great articles that I'm sure most of you have read. We have one by Ryan Carey on how Minecraft has surpassed Tetris as the most accessible and downloaded game in the entire world. Yes, Minecraft. You remember playing it in 2011 on your Xbox 360. We also have an article by Sean Monahan about ir- necessary irrational leaps that one has to make in life, about how the opportunities that you don't take will actually bite you down the road, even though there's a lot of hesitation and anxiety about those types of decisions, you just got to push through. We also have some great football articles still up about Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders and how that whole situation kind of went down. We also have a great article on fantasy football. We got some breakout busts and sleepers. It's a great read. Honestly, looking back at it a few weeks down the road, you'll find that most of the things that we were expecting have actually come true. Today, we're going to talk to Kyle again for our our weekly football roundup, and we're also going to talk about last week, some big games, our game of the week. We're introducing a few new segments. It's going to be a wild time, but first, let's get to the intro. Wow. Well, week one's over, and right now we have Kyle on the line. Hey, Kyle, how was your week one? Hey, Corey. Happy Friday the 13th. Um, Spooky. Week <laughs> Spooky day. Week one was, uh, I don't know, it, it was typical week one football. It was kind of sloppy to me. There were a lot of penalties. Um, and I don't know that we necessarily have a clear idea of of who is going to be in the playoff picture, but I think we saw who the top tier teams are. Yeah. I feel like in every week one, like we said last episode, there are some teams that just come out of nowhere. Like the, like what the hell, where'd this team come from type games? (laughs) And there were certainly Uh a few, but I think, I think now a lot of people realize that it's, that's just part of week one. Uh, The fact of the matter is like, half the team loses in week one and has no wins. So you can't really judge it based off week one. It's just a good Mm -hmm. indicator of like how well a team is organized going into the week. I think, I think it's more on coaching than it is on talent in week one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it's also a little weird because uh, as far as game planning goes, it's pretty difficult for coaches because you don't have tape from the previous week. So you're kind of going off of some things you saw in preseason, some things you saw last year out of guys um, so week one football is always a little bit of a, of a, of a crap shoot, but, um, you know, I, I think we saw that certainly new England, uh, new Orleans, uh, a couple other teams are, are going to be here to stay this season that they're going to be legitimate contenders once again. I a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, so this episode where we built off of last episode, we're going to, we're, we're introducing some brand new segments. Basically all new segments, <laughs> I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went to the drawing board. So this first segment we're going to do is called What Happened in the Week. And basically we're just going to go through some headlines that really were dominant after the the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clock games. We don't really – oh, and the Monday night games. I was going to say we didn't really talk about them, but we are. <laughs> so <laughs> We will. <laughs> so <laughs> spoilers. Um, so before that, uh, we're also going to have new intros to introduce every segment so with that what happened in the week let's get started 
the Browns uh, got blown out by the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> that was definitely the what the hell moment of the week. But yeah. the closer you look at it, the more I did, I realized that it was could have it could have been predicted that it could have happened for a mo- like a plethora of reasons. I would say, um, one, this is a brand new Cleveland Browns team with all like offensive weapons are basically new. You have a new coach a new system basically because he wasn't the interim it was greg williams so he didn't have the say over the offense and defense and frankly it really showed that freddie kitchens has never been a head coach yeah yeah the cleveland hype train is more off the rails than amtrak (laughs) freddie kit what was he a special teams coordinator last season uh he was no he was the oc he was the oc okay wasn't he a special teams coordinator before that beginning of last year yeah and then todd haley and greg uh, todd no just todd haley got fired Yeah, uh, to me, the, the two big headlines of this game were obviously Freddie Kitchens got outcoached by by Mike Vrabel, who we should give a little bit more credit to. I, even on my part, I feel like I almost disrespected the Titans because Mike Vrabel can coach. The Titans the are. Second, yeah, you know, I agree yeah. with you 100 percent. The Titans have been a nine and seven team for the past three years. And it's just like one of those teams that's like under the radar because they never have like popped out like i don't right. know if you remember a few like maybe 10 years ago or something when the titans went 13 and 3 with carrie collins like that was the only time i remember the titans being like hyper relevant in the nfl or like when chris johnson was around yeah yeah i agree but even the chris johnson errors they only had that one year under jeff fisher where they were a really oh, good football jeff. team oh jeff fisher <laughs> god he can coach <laughs> Um, but but also baker looked awful he was making bad decisions he was inaccurate with the ball um, but I don't necessarily expect that to continue. Uh, Baker knows he played a bad game. It happens. He's a young quarterback. But, yeah, uh, Tennessee kicked their asses in week one. Yeah, so basically what I figured out is that, um, one, I don't know how we didn't realize that the Browns' offensive line was going to get a 1,000 times worse. They traded away Zittler, I think, the guard, to the Giants in exchange for Entro Roll. <laughs> Entrell roll, yeah. No, it was Olivier Vernon. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Yeah, Let's just go through the away, whole lineup. <laughs> they, they traded away Jabril Peppers for Olivier Vernon, I believe. Yeah, and that really showed. Honestly, though, I have more issue with the offense. I mean, the defense than I do the offense because they gave up three touchdowns at 248 yards to Mariota and a Marcus 70. Mariota. Yeah, and then a 75-yard pass to Derrick Henry. Like, no offense to Derrick Henry, you're not a screen back, so that was very confusing. And yeah. there was a also also quick correction. Peppers was traded as a part of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Uh, um, yeah, it was Olivier Vernon. The Browns Vernon. received OBJ and, and Olivier Vernon in exchange for Peppers and, and uh, Zeitler and draft picks. God, that was cool. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> borderline. This it was it was the whole thing came down to discipline because they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter, and that just can't happen. A game that, that had great uh, discipline was the Houston New Orleans thriller on Monday night. That was the best game of week one, and it's not even close. Oh, no. That game was – like, it looked like in the beginning that Houston was just going to run away with it, and then New mm-hmm. Orleans just kept pecking back. Yeah. I mean, Drew, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, I And that was on clear display. He had 37 seconds left to get his team in field goal position. One timeout, and he executed that drive masterfully. Um and I also found it pretty funny that New Orleans is still getting screwed over by the refs. That was very <laughs> highly entertaining to watch in that football game. Yeah, it was really fun for Saints fans to just keep having a good time. <laughs> yeah, one one of my close friends here is, is a 
diehard Saints fan, and his facial expressions the entire game were hysterical. I almost felt bad. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> but also, we, we shouldn't lose uh, lose sight of the fact that Deshaun Watson was incredible. I truly believe um, that Deshaun Watson is one of the elite quarterback quarterbacks in the league already, and he's blossomed so early. Like, yeah, compared has. to he other has. QBs outside of Mahomes uh-huh. of his draft class, leaps and bounds uh-huh. ahead. Yeah. It, it almost makes me think that Dabo was right when he called him MJ. Uh, Deshaun Watson was 20 of 30 passing in the game with three touchdowns, and he got hit 45% of the time. That's yeah. remarkable. It's insane. There has been no quarterback since Deshaun Watson was drafted that has been hit and sacked more. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of startling. He, 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 Houston better be careful, though, that this doesn't go the route that Andrew Luck went. Because he, especially the way Deshaun Watson plays, being more mobile, you don't want to see him getting hit that often. Yeah, a thing that also stood out to me was that the the run game for Houston was surprisingly decent. I mean, Carlos Hyde had 83 good. yards on 10 carries, and yeah. Duke Johnson had 57 on 9, and then Watson had 40 yards on 4. Yep. For a, a, yep. That's, that, that's a big point of concern for the New Orleans defense going forward, though. Yeah. Yeah. But our yeah. boy Kenny Stills reeled in that touchdown. <laughs> that he did. That he did after Miami traded him. That's a good segue. Uh that's a good segue. My, into the Miami game. Uh Miami looks uh, um elite. Miami looks like <laughs> an elite fantasy option. Possibly beat them. <laughs> um I mean I honestly hate that argument of the professional versus collegiate because if you look at it though, and even though the Miami Dolphins are actually the worst team in football, uh, the... they would still be Clemson. They would still be Clemson. But what I'm saying is they looked so bad that it almost makes me think. It almost makes me think a college team could beat them. I, I mean, mean they I don't blame you. Their, they traded away their three best players: Kiko Alonso, Laramie Tunsil, and Kenny Stills. Minka Fitzpatrick is also Minka, on yeah. the trade block. Yep, just this morning, the Dolphins gave uh, Minka Fitzpatrick permission to seek a trade. Like, who who the fuck is Brian Flores? Um, I think Brian, Brian Flores is getting a lot of unnecessary hate because, one, these moves are not created by him. He is not Fair. the GM. So mm-hmm. he's working with his disassembled roster, and now the offense he worked with with week one was Fitz at QB, Drake at running back, the part, the best wide receiver was Devontae Parker. His tight end was Mike Jacecki. I don't even know who that is. He's a stud. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. the only positive for the Miami Dolphins in that game, besides the people who had Lamar and Marquise Brown as their fantasy options, was that uh, Preston Williams, their rookie wideout, looked pretty sweet on that touchdown catch he had where he toe-tapped it in off of a Fitz missile. Yeah, off that one score that they had. I God, mean, my that was God, cool. They're, they're, they're playing the Patriots this week. They are going to get slaughtered. The Patriots played Pittsburgh, and you wouldn't even have known it was a real game based on Pittsburgh's sense of urgency throughout the entire game. Um, Pittsburgh looked a little like Miami, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> they basically were a more talented version of Miami. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah the, the, the New England Patriots this year, let me just say, they – remind me a little bit of that 2007 team that went 18 and 0 i think they have the balance of the 07 team but people are comparing the defense to it and i don't think that's accurate because the 07 defense was nothing compared to like the 03 04 defense when they had rodney Mm -hmm. harrison brewski seymour law and mcginnis yeah and i see a lot of that uh the 03 team also had like no offense (laughs) 
It was yeah. bra- it was when basically Brady was like really young. Yeah, it's like I compare it to like Seattle. Like when they were in the Legion of Boom type, they weren't really offensively lenient. They just needed the offense to get to like twenty four and they would win. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean the defense is still phenomenal. This is probably the best defense Bill Belichick has had in, in, in a decade. I a hundred percent agree. And Tom Brady, oh my God, he made it look so easy on Sunday night. Brady to me, you know I'm a big tennis guy. Yep. Brady Brady reminds me of Roger Federer in so many ways and that both of them are playing well beyond the age that that they're supposed to play in their sports. Uh, Both have kept themselves in perfect shape, in perfect fitness. Their dedication to their craft, to keeping their body ready to play is is second to none. Yeah, you really saw in that game. Brady's deep balls were infinitely improved from last year. On those bombs to Dorsett and Josh Gordon, like you were just like two years ago, you would have like shuddered watching Brady throw that ball deep. But he's definitely had some great offseason work. One last point I want to make on that New England game is that they did that whole offensive like structure with basically no run game to rely on. Their leading rusher was Rex Burkhead in 44 yards. If you watch the Patriots postseason last year, they were so run dependent in the postseason that this is ridiculous, like that Josh McDaniels has completely flipped their offensive scheme. Yep. Yep. Now, I think that reflects a, a, a shift in personnel, too. Um, with Josh Gordon back, A.B. will be on the field this weekend. They are a pass-happy offense, and they have the best quarterback to ever play. It's not even a debate anymore. <laughs> yeah, to go off the personnel thing really quick, so obviously we all know Gronk is retired, even though the part of my take made him put the eyeballs out that made him seem like he was coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so last season, the Patriots had 24 total snaps without a tight end. In the last game they just played, they had 24 snaps without a tight end. So they've already matched their non-tight end personnel numbers. I just thought I should touch on that real quick. So now our next segment is going to be called Fantasy Factor Fiction, where we're basically going to go through the fantasy studs or sometimes the fantasy duds of the league. And we're going to say whether you should expect that going forward or it was just like a one-time blip. So with that in mind, Fantasy Facts or Fiction. All right. So obviously the uh, stud of the week in the quarterback position was nothing more than the man who destroyed all the Dolphins in the ocean. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. I have some things to say about Lamar Jackson. I'm excited. He was, he was, he was playing Miami, who was tanking for Tua. Um, regardless, he was 17 of 20 passing, 324 yards, and five touchdowns. Of all quarterbacks who've attempted 150 or more passes at the age of 21 or younger, which Lamar is, and this is the, a list that includes Andrew Luck, Matthew Stafford, Drew Bledsoe, Jared Goff, he has the highest passer rating ever. In, in Miami, too, the strongest part of their team was their secondary. They had Xavier Howard. Mika Fitzpatrick was on the field last Sunday. Remains to be seen if he'll be back. Um, <laughs> DNP. <and laughs> DNP. And Rashad Jones is back there as well. Um, and they also were throwing a lot on first down, which is a big trend in the NFL and something that Lamar does really, really well. Um, Apparently. Lamar clearly, <laughs> clearly improved as a passer over the offseason. It was just Miami. But you would expect a, a good quarterback in the NFL to put up numbers like this against a team that bad. Yeah, if he, he struggled, it, he that it would have been way more alarming than normal. Right. Like, it's like, right. it's not like I shouldn't. I feel like most people right now are like, oh, my God, Lamar should be like 
one of the top players for MVP. Not what we're saying. All we're saying no, no, is no. that Pump it's fully that. expected that he should put up those numbers if this team has any chance of winning the division or even making the wild card. And he did. They did. The interesting thing about that was that Harbaugh said basically all offseason how they were going to eclipse last season's rushing attempts for Jackson and like shatter the Cam Newton numbers that he already did in like half the time. Um, he he didn't run it more than three times. He ran it three times. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely a nice smokescreen that Harbaugh threw out there. I don't know if they yeah, knew that the was... Dolphins' defense was going to be trash or if they just wanted to throw that smokescreen out in general. I think it was a bluff. I think it was smart. John Harbaugh is a good football coach. He is a good football coach. Oh yeah, hundred uh, very underrated because now we saw Flacco and he uh, yeah anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about the Broncos game. <laughs> okay. I don't want to talk about that. All right. Uh, well, another player that was like, what the hell moment was basically Sammy Watkins, who after yeah, years and years <laughs> of being like average and injury prone, once Tyree Kill went out of the game with a shoulder injury, Sammy Watkins was like, all right, I guess I'll become elite for like the day. As he like carved up for basically an insane amount of t- like three touchdowns. <laughs> 198 yards, I think. Yeah, it was, it was like I was in shock. <laughs> An all-time wide receiver performance from one of the guys you'd least expect it from. From an all-time I would, guy. <laughs> I, I, I think a large part of this obviously is is the Patrick Mahomes effect. Playing with him makes everyone better. I think um, it it really helped because the type of routes that Watkins excel, excelled in in Buffalo was when Tyrod would throw the ball down deep, and that's all Sammy Watkins really ever was was an extreme deep threat. And yeah. what is Tyree Kill's main route? Running straight down the field, and yep. and Pat Mahomes, it's basically muscle memory for him to get to that point. So until Tyree Kill comes back, I would say Sammy Watkins is a wide receiver one the entire way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's in large part because Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. I wouldn't expect these types of numbers when Tyreek Hill comes back at all. I would expect a severe nerfing of those numbers. However, a drop, yeah. So if I were fantasy owner who had Sammy Watkins right now, I would probably want to sell him by week four or five. So you can get the most out of a, like people who don't know that the numbers are going to take such a severe dip. Like you basically could sell a wide receiver two for the price of a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. And Tyree kills out for what about six weeks? Yeah, he's going to be out for yeah. at least six to eight with that shoulder injury. Yep. Yeah. If Sammy Watkins continues to perform, he's definitely somebody who you could sell high and get a lot of value back from. Um, but I'd I'd roll with him for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I just did a yeah, league yesterday with my friends. I drafted Sammy Watkins to be my wide receiver one. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of upsetting. <laughs> and also, also RIP to everybody who left Sammy Watkins on their bench. If I had Watkins, I may have done the same. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone was like, yeah, that's an automatic start. Nope. <laughs> uh, someone who was an automatic start and really paid off was uh, Dalvin Cook, who came into the Dalvin Cook. He came into this season with a lot of expectations because when the limited time that he has played, he has definitely produced at an elite running back level, and he showed yeah. exactly why there was hype behind him. Yep. Yeah. So I. I have Dalvin Cook on on my fantasy team, and I snagged him. I was the first pick in our draft, 10 teams, snake draft, and I was able to get him in the second round at pick 20, um, which was really good value. And and my biggest concern, because I had Dalvin Cook last year as well, is that he's injury prone, Um, uh, which is also why I drafted his backup later in the draft. 
But regardless, yeah. if, if if he's healthy, he is an elite running back one. He he put up 111 yards on the ground, two TDs on 21 carries, and he had a, a couple more grabs too for nine yards. If you're in a PPR league, um, he was elite. He's a guy who who can be a, a fantasy game breaker if he stays healthy. He's a guy who could win you a championship. Um, particularly with my roster because I took Saquon at number one and then Dalvin Cook at the back end of round two. Looking on that now, those are two running backs that really have massive amounts of production available to them because their opportunity and workload is like staggering compared to most starting running backs. Let's put it this way. The offense was so reliant on Dalvin Cook that the Vikings ran the ball, I mean threw the ball 10 times. When their offense last year was predicated on the idea of throwing the football. Yep. Kirk so, Cousins threw the ball for 10 or, or only 10 times in that game. Yeah, for I mean, 98 that's, that's yards. Also, yeah, that's that's also a bit of an organizational shift. They wanted to move towards being more run heavy. Well, they should because um, they ran it the least out of any team last year. Exactly. Um, Which I get because but, they didn't have Dalvin Cook. So that, right, that helped. Right. But to also have Matt Burita? Cousins not yeah, – oh, my God. That Kirk Cousins not having to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game, but to still have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback who he gets a lot of hate, but he's accurate. He makes good decisions. That's a dangerous team. I just, That's a really, really dangerous team in Minnesota. Before we like separate from the uh, fantasy uh, discussion, I just wanted to go through week – I'm going to tell you the top 20 from week one in points yeah. in PPR yep. league really quickly. So, it. Sammy Watkins, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Eckler, and McCaffrey were the top five. Just want to like... Eckler. Eckler really surprised me out of that group. I was pleasantly surprised as I started him week one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then it went to Watson, Henry, John Ross, Matthew Stafford, and Deshaun Jackson. At, Where the hell did the Bengals come from? Andy Dalton looked like a good starting quarterback <laughs> on the road in Seattle. <laughs> what the hell? The Legion of what? <laughs> the Legion of what? <laughs> the Legion of kill me. <laughs> uh, then it was Mahomes, Keenum, the 49ers defense, Marquise Brown, Brady at the 10 through 15, which that's – the 49ers one we'll talk about later, but then it was closed out by Marlon Mack, Wentz, Mariota, and then Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Those yeah, are a lot, like... a lot of quarterbacks on that list. John Ross really surprised me, like I said, in the 49ers defense, too. Though, to be fair, they were playing Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, Jameis got a win last night against Carolina. How did that happen? Yeah, we can talk about that also down the road. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this new segment is going to be called What the Hell Headlines. It's basically where we're just going to take over the overreactions you hear throughout the week, like game by game. You know, you'll see like the people at ESPN or the herd that like chomp at the bit to get any juicy form of headline that can give them some space. We're going to break down why most of those are wrong. So uh, with that, let's get started with What the Hell Headlines. All right. So the first What the Hell Headline. Uh, the Browns will have a losing record. I, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Where'd all the hype people go? <laughs> Did they <Yeah>. die? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the the Cleveland hype train is off the rails, but that's an, a bit of an overreaction, I think. Um, the Browns have a really easy schedule towards the back end of their season, um, and Baker also, I expect to kind of get his legs under him as as the year goes on. Freddie Kitchens as well as the play caller. Um, 
it's always tough week one as, as a new head coach, as a, as a play caller as well, to get into kind of your flow, particularly when you're going up against a really solid coaching staff, which Tennessee has. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still think Cleveland goes 9-7, and 10-6, 11-5 at the highest end. But that's an overreaction to say that they're going to have a losing record. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, half the team loses the first game of the season, and four division winners last year were 0-1 to start the year. So it's nothing to really freak out about. And there's always nope. a what-the-hell moment in the week one, and this was, as we said, it was it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, new team, new coach unorganized they had a ton of penalties it a ton was, of penalties it was a lot of biting themselves like the whole time they shot themselves in the foot more than plexico burris does in the club <laughs> oh ho, ho. okay next next headline oh next, wait wait, wait. real quick headline. Real, yeah uh so baker i expect to rebound but i you need to know that their schedule past this is pretty tough for the next five they have the Jets, yep. with which is now way easier. They have the Rams, Baltimore, Seattle, and San Francisco. I honestly expect them to probably go three and three after the first six. Quick question: Who did uh, Sam Darnold get mono from? Baker Mayfield. Oh, I was gonna say Josh McCown's daughter, but oh wow, is she, wait, no, <laughs> is, she, is she hot? <laughs> no, that's an absolute joke. Oh. Okay, <laughs> next, next, what the hell headline? The Cowboys will win the NFC East and make a deep playoff run. Um, I don't think this is an overreaction. In ter- I thought before the season started, the Cowboys had one of the more balanced teams in the league. However, the expectations for Dak now are like through the roof. Everyone like a week ago was like, I don't know if I would pay Dak that kind of money. And now we're all like, oh, well, this is about time he gets the money he deserves. All right, first off, Giants secondary is atrocious. Pro football focus before the season started ranked them as dead last. And I would, like we said, with um, with uh, Lamar Jackson, I fully would have expected that Dak Prescott should shred an at, like, below average secondary. Yeah. Yeah. So is it an overreaction that they'll win the NFC East? Um, no, I think them and Philly are obviously both – pretty complete on both yep. sides of the ball the new offense yeah. with kellen moore though has like a fresh factor to it that you can't really have tape on so they even though it's a divisional game and they're very familiar it's basically a brand new offense yep but, yeah it is a brand new offense yeah but i really liked the new look dak really did carry the load zeke was kind of non-needed in a way yeah more of a luxury yeah, I, in that game Right. I, I mean, Zeke, I, I think it's just a matter of him getting back up to speed because he's been in Cabo for the last month and a half. God, that must have been awful. <laughs> Here, the weather there sucks. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you that, that the, the Giants' um, defense is, is shit. It's really bad. <laughs> Dak should have carved them up. But he did do everything that you would expect a great quarterback to do against a shitty defense. So. We'll see how they do in week two. Um, I think Dallas is at Washington. Yes, they are. Yep, playing the Redskins. Um, that should be another win for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think just in general, they still have the top offensive line in the league. So at the end of the day, either yes. their run game will exceed or Dak will exceed. And they have loads of weapons on offense as well. Yeah, Cooper, Cobb, Gallup, Jarwin, and Witten. Witten is an yep. asterisk. I don't know if Witten's he's that athletic. An <laughs> he scored a touchdown. He scored a touchdown in week one. That was more of an impact than he made all of Monday night last year. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that's a, like an unpopular opinion. No, that's, that, that is not an overreaction. He that's, pulled that, the that, rabbit that. out of the magician's cap. 
<laughs> oh boy. All right. Um, Jameis Winston, and I'm throwing in Cam Newton. These okay. are two quarterbacks that, to me, are past their expiration date. Last week, the thing yeah. was that Jameis was like should have been benched because he was atrocious. He against San so Francisco. Not that oh Garoppolo was that much better. I thought they were no. both worse. The only difference was that Jameis threw two pick sixes and Garoppolo threw one. Yeah, <laughs> that was the biggest difference. Uh, I think both Jameis and Cam Newton at some point this season will get benched. I don't think there's they... any point of benching Cam Newton. I thought about why they should, but like if you think about it, who why this team has talent, so throwing a backup like Will Greer or a, another backup they might probably sign wouldn't make the team better and the quarterbacks that they would be able to get probably finishing like if they put a backup in like at 6 and 10 aren't going to help them win in the following years. No. But Cam Newton last night completed less than 50% of his passes. What? Cam? Less than 50%? <laughs> Cam Newton? No. I would have thought that. <laughs> uh, so I did the stats, basically. I looked through the past two games. Jameis Winston in yesterday, which was his, probably one of the best games we've seen from him in a while. That's the best game I've seen him play in a long time. Just because he didn't throw an interception. He has, like, the yeah. most interceptions per game out of uh-huh. any active quarterback. It's uh, he had a uh, one touchdown, 208 yards and went 16 for 25. On last Sunday, he went for 20 for 36, one touchdown, 194 yards and three INTs, which included two pick sixes. Oh god. Yeah, I mean on on the season he's completing 50 something percent of his passes. He's got more interceptions than touchdowns right now. I mean, his his only saving grace is that Bruce Arians is his head coach, and I I do have faith in Bruce Arians to to get the Buccaneers in the right direction. But I I don't think at all the Bucks offense being terrible can be placed on Arians. Jameis Winston's the quarterback. Arians isn't. Like he can write up the perfect play, doesn't mean Jameis is going to know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I I really do think Arians is the only saving grace because their running backs too are. T- Terrible. They're, they're so bad. I think Peyton Barber night, and Ronald Jones. They averaged like three yards per carry. I don't think week one was any different. I mean, it's it's not a good team. OJ Howard team. is probably one of the biggest fantasy disappointments this year because I saw on Twitter people were tearing OJ Howard to shreds. Yeah. Did he even have a catch last night? I'm not sure, but based off Twitter, I would say if he did, it was for minimal yards. One more thing yeah. I want to throw in on Cam Newton really quick. Yeah. Is that um, so? These are his stats from the past two games. I'm not gonna. You already know how bad he was yesterday. So yeah. this is how bad he's been in the past two. He is 50 for 89, which is 56 percent. Not the worst, but not the best by a mile. Bad. That's still pretty yeah. bad. Uh, 572 yards. This is the part that really is concerning if you're a Panthers fan. He has yeah. thrown zero touchdowns in two games, and he has one interception. Yeah. The only reason I mean, he part- doesn't have more is because he's throwing them in the dirt if they don't get yeah. to the receiver. Yeah. I, I mean, Cam has always been way more talented than Jameis. Part of me wonders, is, is his shoulder all right? Is Cam's shoulder all right? I just think um, Cam's head's not all right. The dude cares more about looking like some old woman that you would see in, like, the pharmacy than just playing quarterback. And then, for some reason, people like NFL.com, like, hype up his outfit. Like... What? I didn't even know what that was. 
it draws attention. It draws attention just like in, an elderly woman would draw attention. <laughs> At the pharmacy, was that Where's your analogy? Where's the hemorrhoid cream? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll use that as our transition. <laughs> nope. But we're going to because the Cardinals are up. <laughs> And there's okay. a lot of old people in Arizona. <laughs> Good segue. That there are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, banter. Next, next, what the hell headline? Did the fourth quarter prove that Kyler and Kingsbury will work in Arizona? No. <laughs> it's I, I overreaction. I think it's a major overreaction. Kyler okay. Murray was awful, awful. He was. I don't. I think it's more that Matt Patricia is a terrible head coach, and I think he like is way in over his head. Like he's a defensive mastermind. I'm saying it in air quotes for the guy who uses a pencil when there is no need when he has an iPad in front of him. I don't know what well, he's using well, that pencil for. Well, let me just let me just say that the defensive mastermind got shredded by the dude who Texas Tech fired. Yeah, like six months ago. That's pretty hype. Um, so the Lions shot themselves in the foot, like in the whole second half. Kyler Murray in the first half, like the first three quarters, I looked up, I did some deep diving. Uh, he had, through three quarters, he was 9 for 26, 70 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception with a 27.4 QBR. Uh, well, he, he did finish the game, however, 29 of 54, 308 yards, two TDs to one pick. Yeah, so, so there were positive signs. Yeah, I broke down the fourth quarter, too. He went 20 for 28, 238 yards, and two TDs. What a turnaround. Unfortunately a for turnaround. him, he is not facing Matt Patricia every week. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> um, the the reason I looked into the film of why Kyler did so well, and it was because he targeted Larry Fitzgerald eight times in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, Fitz made a couple of outstanding grabs in the fourth quarter in overtime. Having someone like him is the best thing for a young quarterback, I think. Yeah, I 100% yeah. agree. I mean, yep. Josh Rosen didn't really use him a ton last year, so I'm glad one rookie quarterback is using him. Yeah, same. All right, uh, going to another bird. Uh, <laughs> the Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn, they're getting a lot of rumblings that the people want him gone after this season. Um, yep. What do you think about that? I think he could be on the hot seat. I, I think he definitely can be on the hot seat. Um, they had an atrocious start to the season. Minnesota completely dominated the game. Um, they finished under 500 last year, so this is not the week one performance that you wanted to see um, out of Atlanta. And Matt Ryan looked lost. I mean, Mike Zimmer's uh, Vikings were flying around on the field. I, I'm surprised that, that Atlanta scored a couple of garbage time touchdowns because all 12 of their points came in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Minnesota just flat out played better. Um, Matt Ryan had two turnovers. Uh, Minnesota ran for like well over 150 yards. Um, they really they controlled the game from start to finish. Dan Quinn could be on the hot seat, and, and it's really too bad because I think Dan Quinn is, is a terrific football coach. Um, he was the defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom in Seattle when they won their Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but this is how the NFL goes. You either win or you lose, and if you're losing, you will be gone. Yeah, the fact of the matter is Dan, Matt Qu Dan Quinn – I wrote Matt Quinn in my notes. I have no idea why I did that. <laughs> uh, but he is like – he's his record is 36-29. and 29. In the regular season, three and two in the postseason. He has two NFC championship appearances. Overall, he's been a very solid head coach. He's been successful in Atlanta. Yeah. The only issue last year that plagued them, which is their only losing season they've ever had under him, 
was that his OC was Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind. It was kind of concerning. Yeah, Sark from Alabama. Yep, yep. Yeah, but he's gone now, so let's hope that really kind of like works its way out. Uh, another. Yeah. Uh, this was the biggest what the hell moment. The Raiders hard knock sweethearts actually won a football game. They looked good against your team. Yeah, well, we looked horrific. Joe Flacco needs to be out of the league. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was so broken watching that game Monday night. Um, but last, what the hell headline for you? Without AB, the Raiders are a playoff team. Yeah, um, it's pretty weird that people would think they're a playoff team for beating Denver because, unless I'm mistaken, Denver was not a playoff contender. No. Especially after watching Joe Flacco play. So is that a really good indicator that you're a playoff team? I mean, their defense no. is definitely <laughs> top five. Their defense is definitely top five to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think it's an overreaction too, but there are a lot of positives for, for Oakland out of this one. No, I agree. Um, they, their, their offensive line held Von Miller and Bradley Chubb to zero sacks. Well, the addition of Trent ar- Brown was very huge for them because in New England he proved he like, was. well, he's a physical force. The dude is like six foot seven and three hundred and fifty oh, pounds. Massive. Yeah, on the offensive line, he plays tackle, correct? Yeah, he's like left. Yeah, he's pretty versatile. I think the Pats use their linemen in all different spots though, so I, don't, I think he's probably lining up on the left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but they're even more positive, right? Derek Carr only threw four incompletions. He was twenty-two at twenty-six. 259 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs, their rookie running back, scored twice. Yeah, he had um, Tyrell. Um, he had 85 yards and two touchdowns, and he's the first rookie in his first game ever to have multiple touchdowns since Ladamian Tomlinson. Yeah, that's that's a great sign. And their receivers look good too. Tyrell Williams scored, had over 100 yards. Darren Waller, who was featured a lot on Hard Knocks, played great. <laughs> Love, um, love Waller. Love that guy. Waller. That's a really good fantasy pickup. <laughs> I want to point that out. Yeah, a lot of people added him on the waiver wire. He, if like, he's available in your league, go scoop up Darren Waller. The the Raiders used Jared Cook an extreme amount last year. Gruden's offense yeah. is very centered around the tight end, so getting around Waller, who's a more athletic version of what Jared Cook was last year, is a huge sign for you. That it is. All right, so now this is what we're calling our game of the week. It's the one that we've mutually agreed on that we think is the best overall game, and this week... We have selected the Green Bay Packers against the Minnesota Vikings. Corey and Kyle's game of the week. Uh, that Thursday night game, I think we did we didn't talk about it. Uh, in the last pod, uh, it was boring as hell. Yeah, first game of the season, uh, Green Bay at Chicago. The final score was ten to three, and if you watched that game like I did, uh, I have empathy for you <laughs> yeah it was a really uh, great way to start the season god forbid yeah god forbid we put like a better game <laughs> uh, it, it was just so boring to watch it was a defensive struggle um but there were positives for green bay aaron Rodgers looked comfortable in the new offense uh didn't turn the ball over at least he didn't throw any picks yeah um marquez valdez scantling looked good he uh he and Rodgers connected on a deep ball Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown. That was like, what the hell? I forgot he was on the team still. Yeah, I, I forgot he was a Packer too. Because isn't um, Jared Cook on the team? No, he's on the Saints. Wait, what? Yeah, he's, he's on the Saints. What he's tight end the do they have? Jimmy Graham, the Packers? I, I don't know why I thought they had a different tight end. I thought he was the backup yeah. for some reason. Oh, my God. No, it's, it's Jimmy Graham. It's I, Jimmy Graham. I promise I did research. 
<laughs> I promise I know what I'm talking about. Um, um, yeah, so I don't know how you can really judge that Green Bay game because I've said it since Trubisky was drafted. He sucks. And it was very yeah, apparent. He He's terrible. How do you think Chicago fans feel that they traded up and passed on Mahomes Patty and Mahomes. Watson? Oh, God. They traded up to get the second spot to take the quarterback from North Carolina, who my school's defense held three points when we were on the road facing him his senior season, his his last season in college. I mean, I've been saying Trubisky is a bust as long as when I watched that game. (laughs) Um, uh, But I don't know. Bears fans must feel terrible. At least they have Khalil Mack. I guess that's kind of a consolation prize. (laughs) God, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Montgomery was a non-factor in that game as well yeah he was he was an absolute non-factor i this is a 1 p.m kickoff minnesota and green bay i believe it's in green bay um i think minnesota's gonna win this one um minnesota looked like i mentioned dominant in week one um their run heavy offense controlling the clock playing good defense and then having Kirk cousins to throw the ball when you need it i think that that's a recipe to win a lot of games this season and i still have lingering doubts about green bay I had doubts Matt season with Matt Lefleur. <laughs> it's re- well, it's also Rodgers' attitude and his demeanor. Um, I think Minnesota wins this game, and I, I think they win it by a touchdown. All right. Least. So the thing about that Green Bay-Chicago game is because it was Mitch Trubisky, I think it's very hard to gauge how good this defense actually is. Yeah. Uh, um, Trubisky is like 13 times worse than Kirk Cousins. As bad as we say, <laughs> as bad as Kirk Cousins is, like he's not bad, he's average. But Kirk Cus- average. Trubisky is terrible. He's in the cell. Trubisky's real bad. He's in the basement of quarterback talent. Got to yeah. be. Um, yeah. I think so. Like it's hard to judge the run game, which is the um, the run defense, because the strength of the Vikings, it seems this year, is going to be their run game, and they only the Bears ran the ball fifteen times overall between Mike Davis. Devin Singletary and Mitch Trubisky, and they ran for a total of 36 yards. Oh, I God. I can't tell if that's because the offense sucks or that I can't judge what is actually happening. Yeah, yeah, I, that wasn't really a fair test of the Packers defense. Um, they, they're certainly improved this season, but this this matchup against Minnesota will give us a much better idea. And I'd also look for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball. Uh, substantially more this week because last week he only threw the ball 10 times. Yeah. Like said. I wrote that um, he would probably throw it 25 to 30 times. I, I Yeah. I, I think that that's probably accurate. I think owners um, of Minnesota wide receivers shouldn't panic as well. I yeah. own, I own Thielen who was like the only productive one cause he had the touchdown, but he only had three yeah. catches outside of that touchdown. Also, yeah. The player I think to watch for Green Bay is Devontae Adams because he only had four catches last week. And if you yep. know the Packers offense at all, that offense, he's basically like Edelman type reception numbers on bigger amounts of yards. Yep. Uh, More yards, but the same number of receptions and usage. Yeah, he also has four touchdown streak right now against Minnesota. And he's supposed to be getting a lot of man on man because you can't, you really just can't give up on the. The Packers is like low key deep wide receiver core. Yeah, they are. They really are. Um, let me go back to their roster here. Yeah, they have Devontae Adams, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Jimmy Graham. Geronimo uh, Allison. Geronimo Allison. They, Jared Cook? Weapons. Yeah. Jared Cook? No, he's gone. <laughs> that was like um, three years ago. Oh, God. Yeah. 
I, hopefully this is a higher scoring game this week than the Thursday night opener was. Yeah, I'm going to pick Green Bay to win this game, I think. Uh, I really have faith that this offense is really going to explode, and this is like their first time playing with it. So it's a brand new system. Okay. Give us some time to work out the rust. I'm still going to say Green Bay wins because you can't win in Cheeseland. <laughs> you can't win up there at Lambeau. <laughs> Unless you're dairy allergic. Uh, oh god. All right, so great. this is so great content. Yep, top notch <laughs> stuff. Um <laughs> so this is gonna be a new segment we call Plant Your Flag. Basically we took the idea of where college opposing teams put their flag in opposing territory and get shit on by everyone else. Uh we're gonna do that with picking a team this week that we feel like no one else really has faith in besides us. So with that, let's get started Plant with Plant Your Flag Team of the Week. All right, Kyle, who's your plant your flag team of the week? All right, I'm planting my flag on the Los Angeles Rams over the New Orleans Saints. This is one of the biggest games of week two out in Los Angeles. I believe it's a 4 p.m. kickoff. Um, And I'm taking the Rams for a lot of reasons. Um, In their opening game against Carolina, they were in control for most of it. Um, Jared Goff, who never plays well on the road, looked decent. Todd Gurley looked better than I thought, and their offensive line played terrific. Jared Goff was only sacked once, and it came on a corner blitz, and he was only hit a total of uh, five times in that game. On top of that, their defense, granted this was against Cam Newton, (laughs) but they held the Panthers to zero touchdowns, um, forced three turnovers, um, and they had some pretty outstanding individual performances as well. Their linebacker, Corey Littleton, did something that no one in Rams history has ever done. He posted a stat line of 14 tackles, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and an interception in the same game. And Dante Fowler Jr., their outside linebacker and and pass rusher, uh, he had two sacks and led all NFL players in pass rush win rate last week, um, according to Next Gen Stats. Um, You combine that with the fact that Drew Brees had to throw for 370 yards, and boy, did the Saints need every single one of them. Um, the Saints' defense also looked pretty iffy. They gave up 28 points at home in the Superdome, uh, only forced one turnover. They're flying cross-country for this game, and I'm thinking they're probably going to be a little emotionally drained after Monday night. Uh, Jared Goff is always better at home as well. His career pass rating at home is 34 points higher than on the road. His pass rating at home is 116.7 compared to 82.7 on the road. Um, the Rams are very good at home under, under Sean McVay. They're 11-5 and five in Los Angeles. So I'm planting my flag on the Los Angeles Rams this week to defeat the Saints. What's your score prediction for that? Uh, I think they win by a touchdown. Wow. Yeah. So bold. <laughs> I do not. I, 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 if I had to throw out an exact score prediction, I would say 31-24. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my plant, my flag team of the week is going to be Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts going against the Hawaiian pizza and the Titans of Tennessee. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, so arguably, I think the Colts had the most impressive loss last week. They went on the road against a top rated defense in the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have known to been a, a strong defensive team led by Derwin James and Joey Bosa. Also, Melvin Ingram as well, but the Marlon Mack looked like an absolute beast in this game. 
he reached his career high of 174 yards only on 25 carries and two touchdowns, which for an offense that was expected to lean on Andrew Luck a lot really helps take some of the pressure off of Jacoby Brissett. They also had a great game from T.Y. Hilton with 88 catches for 87 yards and two touchdowns. So I know T.Y. Hilton does not really score a lot of touchdowns throughout the year. I think his career average right now is six touchdowns per season, so we're already a third of the way there. Uh and their roster is much more talented in twenty se- now than it was in 2017 with Brissett. So I don't like the comparison that people make that Brissett can't lead a team based off that roster. That roster was awful. Andrew Luck made that roster relevant. So this year, I mean, their defense is so much more complete now. Their offensive line is so good. They have Quentin Nelson to like, who in their, his rookie year made the Pro Bowl. Totally worth the third-round pick. The Titans also... Don't know how to handle success, I don't think, at the way that they just did. Delaney Walker, after the game, said they are who we thought they were, taking a uh, famous quote from press conference lore. Um, They are going to have such inflated egos going into this game because you know Mike Vrabel is going to hype the shit out of them because he's a former NFL player, and who doesn't love to hype up, like especially defensive players. They're all about hyping each other up. Mariota will not be great on this Colts secondary. The Colts secondary right now, is so much better than Cleveland's. They had Greedy Williams playing, who got cooked in several plays over and over. Honestly, this game should be a game of sacks. Cameron Wake won AFC Defensive Player of the Week last week with the amount of sacks he had. He was disgusting. It was like you put him in a time machine, and he just suddenly appeared to be relevant. And the Colts have Jabal Sheard. Honestly, it's the, the um, Titans had five sacks last week against Mayfield. The Colts had four against Rivers. The stat to look out for is that the Titans were 0-12 against Andrew Luck on the Colts, and they were 2-0 against Brissett. But again, a much worse team. The Colts last week committed the fewest penalties out of any team in the league with just three. And for a random gambling fact to throw in to emphasize my point, the Colts have covered the spread 12 times in the last 15 meetings, so this would be a good game to like throw some cash on. Um, and I think the Colts are going to win this game 31-20. to Fair enough. That game's in Tennessee, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Good stuff, Corey. <laughs> you really showed your stuff out there. Yeah. All right. I have to agree that the Colts in 2019 are, are way better. They're a much more complete roster than they were even a year ago. That's partly what made Andrew Luck's retirement so tragic is that this year they they were legitimate contenders. Um and they still may be with Jacoby Brissett. He looked pretty good in Los Angeles last Sunday. Yeah, it was a decent game for him. I think he had two touchdowns, and he was somewhere around like the 207-yard mark. It was like 189 yep. to like 287, I think. All right, yep. so, so um, this last segment we're going to do is the way we closed out last episode, but it's going to be in a way more condensed time period. <laughs> so we're going to call this segment Quick Picks. It's basically going to be a – a rough rundown of the games, who we pick, who we lose. So for those who listened last week, I record, I wrote down what picks we had, and uh, congrats, Kyle. You had uh, many more right than I did. <laughs> oh, there we go. What, what were the numbers? What were the numbers? You went, each of our records? You went 11-4-1. We're just counting the tie as a tie for the yeah, two of us. Yeah, yeah. And I went 7-8-1. Nice. Oof. I'd really hate to be you, Corey. Me too. <laughs> it's so crazy we have that in common. Week two. Let's do it again. Let's run it back. Quick picks. 
Arizona at Baltimore. I think Baltimore is an elite defense, and that should secure that should scare Kyler Murray. An offense that was way too cute against Matt Patricia. Kingsbury really went for all flash, and as you saw in the first three quarters, that doesn't work. I don't care that they scored as many points as they did in the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson should shred a Patrick Peterless secondary. I picked Baltimore. I agree. I'm taking Baltimore as well. Lamar Jackson looked great week one. I expect that to continue. Uh, Arizona's going to get exposed on the road by John Harbaugh. I expect Baltimore to bring the house at Kyler. He does not do well under pressure. Um, yeah, I'm rolling with Baltimore in this one by a lot. All right, Dallas at Washington. Uh, what did you have for that? I'm taking Dallas. Dallas looked great against the Giants. Granted, it was the Giants. <laughs> and I also just don't think the Redskins are a particularly good team. They were pretty competitive last week against Philadelphia in that loss. Case Keenum looked way better than I thought he would, but he kind of fell off in the second half. I think Dallas wins that game by a couple of scores. I picked uh, Dallas to win this game. I think that even though Washington held their own, I expect the same with Dallas because it's divisional. I think it'll be a closer game. It won't be a blowout. Uh, I think AP is playing instead of Geis, which is good because Geis was terrible and their run game was atrocious. Uh, Case yeah. Keenum is the key player if you really expect the Redskins to win. I do not. I think they're going to lose like 31 to 21. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we got Seattle at Pittsburgh. Um, this is a really good game for a one o'clock game. I don't know why they have all the good, decent games at one o'clock. Uh, yeah, this, this is a great matchup. Who, who do you have? This game is in Pittsburgh, by the way. Yeah, um, I would have expected this game to be a lot more competitive, but both teams gave me a huge reason to be scared. Pittsburgh got absolutely destroyed by the Patriots, and Seattle was really close with the Bengals. Um, the fact that Seattle struggled with the Bengals is a huge warning flag to me because the Bengals are not expected to be good. And unless they're like secretly elite, I would be scared. Um, I really think that the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense can make Chris Carson basically non-existent, which is the entire emphasis of the Seattle offense. Uh, they the Pittsburgh Steelers should also be pissed about losing to a New England at home. I expect Mike Tomlin will get the troops back together and the team will rebound in a massive way. I'm expecting a blowout by Pittsburgh. I'm also going to take Pittsburgh, but not in a blowout. I think that this will be a very competitive game. I think Cincinnati probably is better than we expected them to be coming into the season. Um, but still, Seattle gave me a lot to worry about. I'm going to take Pittsburgh by three points in a close game. Okay. You want to say the next one? Sure. Uh, Buffalo is visiting New York to take on the Giants uh, this Sunday at 1 p.m. Um, God, I, I'm i going to take Buffalo, but I, I am taking Buffalo very <laughs> unconfidently. <laughs> I mean, this is really who's going to be less worse in Buffalo won last week, so I, I'll roll with them. But I have serious doubts about whether Josh Allen's going to make it in the NFL um, I hate having to pick this game, but Bills, who do you have? <laughs> well, seeing as I am the fan of the Josh Allen, uh, I'm the president of the fan club. Uh, I think they're gonna absolutely <laughs> you're on the hype train. Oh, I've been on the hype train. You're on. You're you're on the Josh Allen Amtrak. Josh Allen the Stalin. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Uh, it's gonna go the same way the Browns hype <laughs> hype train went. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. So the Giants' defense sucks. Dak Prescott was easily able to card up. If there's one thing Josh Allen can do, it's make big plays with his arm. 
John Brown is going to be the huge player to watch for Buffalo because he can he is the exact piece that Josh Allen needs. He runs downfield straight down the line, uses speed, torches the defenders. Secondary is awful for the Giants, as I've previously stated. Devin Singletary was really great in the last game against the Jets. In four carries, he had 70 yards. So if I were them, I would probably stop using Frank Gore, seeing as he had 11 carries for 20 yards, which ironically yeah. is my birth date and month. Um, Evan, Evan Ingram was the only scary Giants player, period, outside of Saquon Barkley. Outside of Saquon, yeah. Yeah, so I'm taking Buffalo. I would probably say they win by 10. Yeah, fair enough. 49ers are visiting Cincinnati, 1 p.m. game. Who do you have? Uh, the 49ers are terrible. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo's terrible, I mean. I don't think the team as a whole is terrible. Jimmy G got bailed out by worse play from Jameis Winston, which is really hard to do because Jimmy G did not play a great game. The Bengals, I think, have a decent chance of winning this game based on how competitive they were against Seattle, and I think that the 49ers are a much worse version of Seattle. Um, John Ross was a fantasy stud last week. I think that the 49ers are going to probably put Sherman on him based off how they played. So I'm expecting mm-hmm. that Tyler Boyd would be the wide receiver that would get way more targets this week. So if you have John Ross and you picked him up, I probably would recommend not starting him. But I'm picking the Bengals to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bengals as well. Uh, Andy Dalton was so impressive on the road at Seattle. Sold-out stadium. Everybody knows how difficult it is to go up there and play. Traveling cross-country, too. Um, This game is at home in Cincinnati. The 49ers have to travel this time. Um, And you're right. Jimmy Garoppolo was awful in week one. He threw for 166 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. That's not going to get the job done in the NFL. Um, Andy Dalton, on the other hand, was 35-51 of for 400-plus yards, two TDs, and no turnovers. I think Cincinnati's going to win this game. I think it'll be competitive, um, but I I think they'll, they'll win by... I don't know, seven to ten points. I'm I'm taking them in this one. Did you say your opinion on Indianapolis and Tennessee? Uh, I did not, but I'm also going to take Indianapolis. I, I agree with you on that one. All right. Uh, so we're gonna yeah. hop into the Los Angeles Chargers playing Detroit. Matty P. Uh, once again, haunted by the experience of losing to a rookie. Well, drawing. It's basically a loss because they were up by so much that I wouldn't feel good about walking yeah. away with that game with a tie. Um, I, the, I think I think they walked away feeling awful after that game. Which is weird because with Matt Patricia, they've always felt so good, especially when he's late <laughs> to meetings. Um, There's never been a bad moment in <laughs> Detroit, ever. <laughs> Fan favorite. Fan uh, favorite. I do love seeing him stand on the sideline with his one crutch, too. Oh, that's... Unable to move. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own general's platform that he sometimes goes back and stands on it. He gets a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I it's, saw that in the a, preseason. Oh it's kind of great. <laughs> yeah. The Chargers uh, are having this one. Yeah, I think the Chargers are a top eight defense. Austin Eckler stepped up. Allen will be a reception machine against... The... I think Detroit's defense isn't bad. It has a lot of good players. I. It's more their offense I'm kind of concerned with. on Johnson mm-hmm. got an extreme amount of hype heading into this season, and they he was terrible last year, week, and he had opportunity. So I'm expecting that if the J- Detroit has any fighting chance of winning this game, it's because on Johnson gets at least, like, 80 yards. But yeah, I am going um, with the Chargers. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers, too. Detroit has a lot of holes on that roster. I think they're right. The defense is a little bit better than the offense. Um, but the offense was – 
flashing major red flags in during their game on Sunday. TJ? Um <laughs> except for except for Hawkinson who, who who could be good, but he's a rookie tight end and that's not gonna change the game when you have Matthew Stafford. Um, yeah. who has built a career being mediocre in the NFL, right? Uh, I think the Chargers' defense is elite. I think their offense is really, really good, if not elite. Rivers looked, uh, you know, in rhythm. Week one, 300 yards, three TDs, completed 25 of 34. Austin Eckler looked really good, so did Keenan Allen. I'm taking the Chargers. All right, we got Jacksonville playing Houston. Um, this game would have been much cooler if Big Dick Nick was playing, but instead yeah. we got the human cashew, right, Gardner Menchu. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> what a beautiful throw that was to go out on, though. That oh, would have, I know. I have a yeah. friend who's a Jags fan, and he said his heart like rose and sunk in the same play, and he's never felt that in his entire life. Yeah. For, for context, for those who, who haven't seen, Nick Foles threw a beautiful 37-yard touchdown pass on a deep ball. To DJ Shark. To de- yeah, on, on the play where he broke his collarbone. And he, and he made that throw taking a massive hit, which is what he got injured on. Um, that's a real gut punch to the no Jaguars. I was, I, yeah, no pun intended. I was saying before this season that, that you know the Jaguars to me were a sleeper team. I, I thought that they would be the first team out of the playoffs in the AFC. Obviously, with Nick Foles going down, that, that changes. That, <laughs> that trajectory changes. How um, drastic. Well, they're certainly not going to make the playoffs, I don't think. Yeah, um, let's let's just pump the brakes really quick because Gardner Menchu is getting a lot of hype for beating a Jacksonville's defense that is not good. I mean, a Kansas City defense. A KC defense, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it's impressive that he did it in such short preparation, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm very interested to see how he plays with now a week of, like, mm-hmm. actual – they didn't ran basically a glorified high school offense with Gardner Menchu yeah. in the game. And also Houston having game film on him. This game is in Houston, uh, so I, I'm taking the Texans. I thought the Texans looked phenomenal Monday night. I think they're a top-10 team. I, I expect Houston to win this one fairly, fairly easily. Yeah, I agree. I also picked Houston. Wow, we are really yep. differentiating in this yeah, segment. Yeah, we're on the same page I feel here. like a lot of games this week, though, are very like obvious. Yeah. Well, the next one is New England at Miami. Oh, so. well, thank God it's starting to change. Um, uh, this <laughs> is the best the team. For... <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to, why weren't they playing your flag team? <laughs> uh, I'm planting my flag this week on the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, um, this is the best team versus the worst team. AB yeah. is playing. That's all I'm gonna. we're going to comment on Antonio Brown. Um, the Miami defense is in shambles. Feel like that's fair to say. Um, this New England offense is much more complete than Baltimore was, so that's very scary. If I was a Dolphins fan, to think that I could be yeah. shredded for more points than I previously was, I think either Tom Brady or Sony Michelle will have three touchdowns because the Patriots will either decide they're going to run it for the whole game or they'll have Brady actually throw it. I think Brown being included guarantees that it might be a heavier throwing game. But Mark Ingram also shredded them to pieces. The spread in Vegas for this game is nineteen. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I, I think I think that's accurate. Uh, New England's gonna win this game. Yep, they're gonna win. All right. Uh, yeah. Next this, game, I'm gonna say my uh, Saints Rams. So obviously this was a rematch of the play, the NFC Championship game. I think the Saints will be really pissed. They're gonna come off the energy that they had for the Monday night game, 
and they've definitely had this game marked on their calendars for a while. If I was Jared Goff, I would probably not feel great sleeping at night thinking that this team wants to literally shred my head off. Um, Gurley looked okay. He looked good. I would, if I am a Todd Gurley running back fantasy owner, I would be very scared of Malcolm Brown because he got all the goal line touches. He did. I'm going to take the Saints in this game. I think they're going to have a huge rebound game. So there's our first split. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and I, I took the Rams. I, I think the Saints defense has some major liabilities on it. So I'm glad we differentiated. I'm glad, I'm glad we had one pick that's different. <laughs> Maybe you'll take your boys because uh, the Bears are playing Denver. And Joe Flacco is still playing. These teams are so identical. Yeah. I actually don't know who to take here because I feel like, oh, God. Go for your um, homer. Go be a homer, Kyle. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'll, I'll pick the Broncos. <laughs> We're going to get a win. We're going to get a win this week. Can you tell Joe me why you'd pick them? Because Joe Flacco is elite. Okay. That's why. Can you bring up a stat from week one that illustrates that? I cannot. All right. <laughs> it's like 404 file can't be found. <laughs> file cannot be found. Who are you taking? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool to know. Um, I'm going to take the Bears because I don't I think Mitch Trubisky, even though he is awful, I think the run game I I I I just don't know why I'm picking them honestly. I'm just going to pick them because I think the Bears overall are better than the Broncos. Yeah, I actually have no reason why I picked the Broncos other than I like them. These teams both suck. <laughs> kind of a toss-up. <laughs> I think David Montgomery is going to have a huge game. That's what I'm kind of yeah. banking on. That's what I wrote in my notes. I also think yeah. Allen Robinson shouldn't disappoint for two weeks in a row. Allen Robinson's a monster. Um, he he did he played well last week though. I mean, he didn't score because the Bears didn't score a touchdown. But it's not his fault. It's not his fault, considering they only scored uh, three points. Let's just um, preface the idea that I, when I say a Bears player sucks, I mean that they don't suck. I mean that they can't be their potential because they have because Mitch. They're on the Bears. Ditch Mitch. They Mitch. Start the hashtag. <laughs> Small dick Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Small dick Mitch. That's what Robinson still wow. had seven grabs for 100-plus yards, only putting up three points. He'll probably have a big game again. But the Broncos' secondary is very dangerous. You think they will against rush, that Denver secondary? The Denver secondary is very, very dangerous. And, and the pass rush that Mitchell Trubisky is going to face this week is way better than last week. Exponentially better. Exponentially better than the Packers. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller are dirty. I think that the Broncos can win because of those two. Okay. Um, but they need to show up. And they didn't week one, so. All right. Um, we have the Eagles at Falcons Sunday night. The Michael Vick showdown. The Michael Vick showdown. Uh, this is a good game. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Woo! He's the only quarterback to take us to a national championship. Michael Vick. Um, That's a good blemish. <laughs> Eagles at Falcons. Uh, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. I think the Falcons are not a good football team. They have major liabilities in in. I think the Eagles are, in fact, a good football team, plainly. So, Eagles. I'm sorry, didn't weren't you the guy in the preseason who picked the Falcons to win the division? Yeah, I was wrong. That was my coldest take. <laughs> the preseason. That was my coldest take. What about the Jags? I I watched well. I, they, the Jaguars were actually still competitive against the Chiefs, even with Gardner Minshew. Well, the defense um, is atrocious, so I would see why. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't really predict injuries but uh the falcons are just not what are you a talking good team. about 
Uh, yeah. Um, I think the Eagles are definitely a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, Carson Wentz is a once in a generation type quarterback, the same way I think that Andrew Luck was. I think they're very similar in the way that they're like so different from other peers in the position. Um, I really want to pick the Falcons because I refuse to believe that they'll be owned too. Because if they're owned two and the Saints are in their division, they're and the NFC is so competitive, this would be a death sentence, I think, for them. Um, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go for the Eagles. I I can't yeah. I can't not pick them. I right. All right. So who are you picking? The Eagles as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles as well. I, I if the Falcons win. I'm gonna throw a fit because I think they, <laughs> I think they could win. I think it's like a sixty forty in the Eagles' favor. Um. So the last game is Browns at Jets. Would have been a great game if uh, Sam Darnold uh, didn't decide to sleep with Josh McCown's daughter. To date Josh McCown's daughter, yeah. Or, That's been a thing for like a year. Like that, that there are rumors of that going around. Regardless, Sam Darnold has mono. He's not playing this week. The Jets fans, got, I am so sorry. He has kissing disease. Sorry, Jets fans. You suck anyways. You lost to Buffalo at home. They were winning for the whole game too. Yeah, it's Monday night, so Cleveland. If Cleveland loses this one, I mean, holy to shit, Trimmer the Simeon. wheels are gonna fall off. Hey, Kyle, can you give yeah. us some uh, expert insight on what to expect from Trevor Simeon, seeing as he's your starting quarterback for a whole season? Trevor, Sim- Trevor Simeon is exactly what you'd expect from a backup quarterback in the NFL. He'll probably turn the ball over once, maybe twice if it's a bad game. Might throw a touchdown or two. Not not going to be terrific. Will probably be one of the reasons why they lose this game. I, I think Cleveland's going to have a big bounce back week. I think Baker will be very locked in, particularly because it's a prime time game. And after the performance they put up last week, I think Cleveland wins big. I want to be clear that I thought uh, before Sam Darnold went down, I was debating whether making the Jets my plant my flag team of the week because I think they're a pretty solid team. And I really think the Browns are off the rails in a way. But I think now, obviously, the Browns are going to absolutely demolish the Jets. This game should not be close. If it's close, I'm very alarmed. It's basically the equivalent if they lose, if it's very close yeah. win. There's no yeah. way that this game should be close. I am also picking the Browns. Yep. Good All stuff. All right. Well, that was uh, pretty good. I think that went pretty well. Uh, I like that. I like that. We, we may be introducing some new segments as well in future episodes, tweaking some segments. So we'll have but some. I like this. Yeah, we had a good back and forth. Uh, we're going to text about it probably throughout the week. And if you guys like what you heard. You can reach us at uh, on Twitter at the Water Cooler Checkdown Podcast. We also have an Instagram for the Extended Cut where you can reach us and talk to us about the episode because we'll launch a post saying the episode is out. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, you can also subscribe to us on uh, iTunes. We're on the podcast store, Water Cooler Checkdown Podcast. Um, yeah. 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 Let us know what you think. If you loved it, let us know. If you hated it, tear us a new asshole. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's what Josh McCown's daughter said. Oh, oh God! And now Sam Darnold's not playing. Don't you do connect it. Connect the dots. Yeah, <laughs> you decide what happened. <laughs> Comment below. Comment below. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Uh, thanks for coming on. As usual, great time. Great time. Thanks for having me, Corey.